Hello everyone, welcome to the very first episode of The Dark Raven Witch Presents. I am Jillian, and tonight I thought we would talk a little bit about my craft. I am a practicing gray witch, and a lot of people don't really know what that is. There are so many different forms of witchcraft, and so many different types of witches, but I run into a lot of people that don't really understand or have never even really heard of gray witchcraft. So I thought since it's my first episode, I would talk about what that means. But before we get into that, I sort of wanted to break down an issue that as witches we are faced with a lot and that is people thinking that all witches are Wiccan and what the difference is between Wicca and witchcraft. So Wicca is its own thing and witchcraft is an umbrella term for different spiritual practices involving the use of things like sympathetic magic. So what is sympathetic magic? Sympathetic magic is a primitive or a magical ritual um, of using an object or an action resembling or symbolically associated with the event or a person over which you seek certain influences. Paganism is another umbrella term for believing in multiple gods. Wiccans, or Wicca, um, typically abide by certain set of rules. Um, the most heard of rule would be the threefold rule. I think that people misinterpret non-Wiccans as um, Wiccans and that all witches follow the threefold rule. And that assumption I have found hurts the community as a whole because we get lumped into a certain category and one thing when there's such a broad spectrum of what we do and what our practices look like. Um, you can't really contain witchcraft and make it fit into this perfect tiny little box. There is, like I said, there's a vast amount of witches and witchcraft, so um, it's kind of hard to name every type of witch there is. However, we'll get into that in future um, podcasts, but tonight I thought since I practice gray witchcraft, we would talk about what that looks like. Okay, so let's get into it. For the gray witch, magic is very natural and it comes from the earth. Uh, It comes from the planets Um, It comes from the moon and the sun. Uh, There's different deities 
different spirits, ancestors, um, different crystals, different stones that we use in our practice, lots of different herbs for different reasons. Uh, we work with the elements. But the most important thing for us is that it's the will of the witch. Without that, all the things that we're working with become null and void. So it's always the key that it's within ourselves and it's our will that is manifesting all of the other things that coincide with our practice. And one of those things that we hold very dear is that we bring harm to none. However, as a gray witch, we walk in that light and the dark. So that means that we never intentionally bring harm to others. So we stay in the light because we're working with the elements of nature. Um, however, we do study um, the, dark, the darker side of witchcraft, but we don't use it unless we're called to use it. And that's sort of what makes us different from other witches. We know that there has to be balance. For us, there can't be one without the other. There can't be light without dark. There can't be good without evil. So we have a foothold in both sides. A lot of our practice is reading and practicing and reading some more. And the stronger and more informed you are, the stronger your practice grows. Witchcraft, I think in general, no matter what it is that you practice, is nothing like you see on TV or the movies. That is a complete and total misconception of who we are and what we do. It's sort of a glamorized, made-up version to sell whatever it is that they're trying to give to you to either make us look like the villain. Um, not too many of us <laughs> look like the um, hero, but um, there's not always just a dark and there's not always just a light. There always, for us, is an in-between and that's where gray witchcraft resides. We, or at least I, am a huge believer in synchronicity and it's sort of like the quiet moments of things that are unseen will, um, will change once you know what you're looking for as long as you're open to that and you can see the signs or you can listen for the message that 
you're being sent either by the universe or by your spirit guide or by a specific deity that you're working with. There is magic everywhere. There's magic all around of all around us and you just need to be open to seeing it and part of our practice is just really sort of staying quiet and looking for those things. And I think sometimes when you're feeling lost or you're not sure which direction to go, if you can just quiet yourself and listen, there's things out there that will lead you in the right direction that your path is taking you on. But that's not necessarily just a very easy thing to do, which I'm sure all of you know. It takes a lot of patience and a lot of um, trial and error before you can really hone in on being able to just quiet and center yourself and listen and see what the signs are and maybe the synchronicities that are being presented to you. So that's a huge part of our practice and um, you just need to keep your eyes open and open yourself to those things and it's harder to do (laughs) it's much harder to do than um, than you think but after a lot of trial and error you'll get there something that I personally would never do is charge for our gift and for our practice and for advice and I kind of feel like you walk this fine line because you do want to help as many people as you can because you are, the advice that you can give is wise and people are looking for help so they come to you at their lowest points and I think a lot of, um, I'm just going to call them fake witches. Witches with bad intention will charge you an arm and a leg to give you advice that I don't want to say real witches, but I want to say witches that walk the right path would never do. And I also think that it illegitimizes the craft in general. So... I understand everyone needs to make a living and I'm not saying that it's not okay to charge but I'm saying when you are if you are ever looking for any sort of advice or you're in need of something beware of who it is that you're looking for and that you take your advice from and what they're um, wanting to Take from you. The other big thing for us is um, never using magic for self gain. And that's something that you run the risk of there being greater consequences in the end. So a lot of times 
you'll find witches who seek out other witches when they need assistance or they're having an issue because sometimes I can't see it clearly and maybe a sister witch can. So self-gain is um, something that we try not to practice and it's, you know, casting a spell on someone out of anger or, you know, putting a curse on someone because they wronged you or they crossed you in a way that was not warranted. The other big thing in practicing witchcraft is doubting your practice and your magic because a lot of what we do is manifestation. Okay, so if I am trying to manifest whatever it is, but I have something in the back of my mind that is saying this is never going to work, there's, you know, so much doubt about it, it makes that manifestation or that magic null and void, which is another reason we don't speak of spellcasting um, usually like on social media or to other people or even in conversation because if that person is skeptical or has a negative vibe it can and nine times out of ten it will cause the magic and the manifestation to become less powerful so I don't ever show any sort of magical workings online um, or something private that someone has asked for. I don't show that to someone else. It's private. It dissipates any sort of energy that's positive that we've put into the spell or that we've put into the manifestation and it causes it to be weakened and that is something that you know obviously if you're casting for it you want it to be successful so watch out for that now as far as the ethics of a witch or a gray witch um, you sort of need to consider the outcome of any sort of spell casting or any sort of manifestation that you're asking for because what people don't understand is what they and what they don't realize is that it can have an unexpected result so what does that mean? That means that sometimes the universe or the goddess or the higher power, whoever it is, they have their own plan and you really just have to trust the process. If you say something as simple as, 
I need a job or I need a pay increase or, you know, I need, I'm in love with this man and I want him to return his feelings for me. Sometimes you just need to be very specific in your casting because you're not always going to get the result that you think you wanted. Now, let's say you are asking for um, a pay raise or that you're looking for prosperity and that gets casted and all of a sudden you get fired. Well, I just got fired, so how is that going to help my financial income, right? Well, maybe in another month or maybe in another six weeks, you're going to be offered a better job. But in the moment, it's not what you asked for because it turns out to be something that you weren't expecting. You were thinking, okay, I'm going to get prosperity through the position that I have. And maybe the prosperity comes from a completely different line of work that you were never expecting. And sometimes there are other things in play that need to break you down so that you can move forward and elevate somewhere else. So just trust the process. And like I said, be very specific. Sometimes people ask for a love spell or they'll ask for a binding spell um, because they feel like the person that they're involved with is moving away from them emotionally. So they sort of freak out about that. And so they, you know, ask us for um, some sort of binding spell. Well, here's the thing. Do you want to be bound to them for a long period of time? Maybe if you bind them to you and they, you know, turn out to be in the end not who you're meant to be with, but you're so busy having to deal with them and now they're crazy for you and that they're um, constantly wanting to be near you, that you miss out on who it is exactly that you're supposed to be with and maybe it's not even them. So when it comes to love spells, uh, we really don't, or I don't, um, think that those are a very good idea to be taken lightly because you don't ever want to interrupt or mess with someone else's free will. Let's talk about hexing and cursing. This is probably everyone's favorite topic when it comes to a witch and probably the first thing that they think of. So there are witches that do not believe in hexing or cursing. There are witches that strongly believe in hexing and cursing. And then there's the gray witch that we believe that 
and I know you guys have heard this and seen this on Pinterest. However, it is true that a witch that cannot hex cannot heal. So there's a lesson to be learned when you're dealing with curses. And for us, we need to be able to tell the difference between when it's needed and when it's not needed. So if you came to me and said, you know, this guy broke your heart because he cheated on you, I need a curse. I'm going to say no (laughs) because I don't know the whole story, but what I can do is hopefully get him to understand the pain that he's caused you. Now, when it comes to defending ourselves against um, something nefarious, then that's when we move in act towards action. So it's not something that comes lightly to us and it has to be with good cause. We definitely need to give it serious thought and it never ever comes lightly. It's not a knee-jerk reaction for us. It is a thing that we take very seriously and it is something that we believe in. However, it's not something that we just do readily. It's something that we have to weigh the options and what the situation really looks like. So it's not something that, you know, you see on TV for us. It's not something, you know, we're not sitting around in our candlelit circle and cursing and hexing our neighbors and, um, you know, someone that cut us off when we were driving like that, just, (laughs) that just doesn't happen. It has to be something very serious and it takes a lot of thought and it actually takes a lot of effort. So, um, those are things that that's just one thing that we take very seriously. And let's see, we don't fear stepping into the shadows, into the darkness. Like we're not afraid of that. We, um, study it and we are well-versed in it. And we know how to harness the dark energy that resides in that place. However, there always has to be balance. And that's what the Grey Witch is all about. It's about balance. And that includes any sort of energy that we call on. So we use a lot of wisdom as a Grey Witch. And it's found very, very deeply. It's ancient. It's it's like something that you are born with and you and and that you innately know and it has to be used with discretion but we gladly embrace the light and the dark equally neither one of those 
scare us because we are aware and we're walking the path of both if that makes any sense the other thing that we have an issue with is casting a spell or casting against one of our own any sort of sister witch it doesn't even matter what sort of witchcraft they practice we need to be aware as witches that they are as knowledgeable as we are so their ability to retaliate with whatever it is that they throw at us is hurtful and it can lead to I don't know you can call it a witch war I guess and as witches we know how to break another witch's curse or a hex but and how to get rid of that negative energy but you know and to throw it back at her or to keep us clear of it but it's going to take a lot of restraint this comes with maturity and years of practicing (laughs) it takes a lot of restraint and a lot of wisdom and dignity to be able to not become involved in that so The issue is, is that it weakens our cause as a community and how we are seen as witches, male or female. That's the other thing too. There are a ton of male witches and I think that that subset of witches are um, forgotten. So that's something that I want to touch on later, but... As a whole, in a community, we face enough judgment and criticism by non-practicing people as we have for hundreds and hundreds of years, but it's the unity that is important no matter what type of witch or what type of practice you have, Wiccan, Pagan, satanic gray whatever no witchcraft is better than the other Um, and when you run across witches that are that, that they have that mentality that's when you know that there's a breakdown in what the real message is so give your magic power and strength by adding purpose and integrity and never cast when you're overly emotional and that is something that is very hard to practice because you want to bury yourself and cover yourself with 
your magic and your practice and your ritual when you're highly emotional. However, that's the last thing that you need to be doing because you're not in the right frame of mind. And unfortunately, sometimes that leaves you open to things that you have sort of put a blocker to as you're practicing normally. So you don't ever want to open that door to things that can come through when you're upset or angry about something that has happened that maybe tomorrow or in a few days you'll feel resolved about because in the moment that can wreak havoc. There's something called the 13 powers of witches. Broken down, that just means there are 13 different categories um, that witches usually study and become really good at. However, it's typically about uh, one or two that they will eventually hone in on that they become really good at. So a couple of them would be curses, uh, blessings, conjuring, communications with spirits, communicating with animals, control of the wind, healing, seeing the future, wise counsel, the use of herbs, crystal knowledge, shape-shifting, Yes, people study shape-shifting and the seeing, so visions, premonitions, things like that. So those are the top 13, if you want to call them powers, you can, but those are the 13 different abilities and 13 different things that witches will study and they are sometimes they're just natural sometimes they're learned but they are gifts that a witch can develop from her studying or from natural abilities like i said and they are going to vary from witch to witch and they are unique to her or him and most witches discover that they have a special talent or they have an affinity to a particular one of these powers. I say powers and people probably think that sounds very woo-woo, woo-woo witchy, but ability or affinity to is another way of saying that. But power, that sounds, you know, that sounds fun. So I'll stick with power. One or two of those are typical and it takes a lot of hard work and those things if you're interested in them we usually will study them or will seek out other witches that are well versed in whatever it is that we are interested in as well and we hone that skill 
and we hone it for a lifetime. We're never going to stop studying it because there's always more to learn. And if you think that you've learned it all, you are mistaken because there is so much more to learn. And that is part of, I think, the greatest part of witchcraft is the study and the all of the information and all of the knowledge that there is to be had because it's always someone always has something else to offer somebody also always has an experience to share and that just builds your knowledge and your repertoire in your head of things that will become useful later I really believe that we are drawn to specific occurrences and specific events because there's knowledge for us to be for us to have and learn from that experience because we're going to need that later so those are some of the things that we study and those are some of the things those are some of the areas that um, interest us while we're studying our practice and we will include those specific categories into our practice if it's calling to you there are some witches that which is not listed which i didn't list i mean there's like divination tarot crystals that you know some witches are more drawn to crystals some are more drawn to tarot some are more drawn to herbs some are more drawn to um, animals and some are drawn to healing it just sort of it just really depends on the witch so when we are sitting down and really taking a moment to figure out what it is that we're good at or things that we are interested in this is sort of our go-to list I think that there's a history with witchcraft that before we get too much further I think just for a minute we need to slow it down and we need to go back to the beginning um, to a time when women were tortured and put to death for practicing witchcraft and it was a time of the middle ages and the burning times and it was the dark days of the inquisition and I don't think that any witch can forget or understand what that time frame was like to be able to move further into our time now and see how much farther we've come but yet there are still some of the same issues currently as there were then and a lot of knowledge that these women had is lost forever because of these deaths and these persecutions and a lot of what is practiced today is really just a tiny fraction of what once was because 
we don't have the knowledge that is passed down from all of these women. And if there was no inquisition and if there was no persecution, then we would be much farther in our practices, all of us, every subset of which would be so much further if that would not have happened. However, like I've said before, I know things like this have had to have happened, but if you think about it, so at the very heart of witchcraft, okay, in your mind, there lies what? A solitary crone, okay, who lives quietly in her cottage at the end of her village and it's typically a place that people avoided until they found themselves sneaking through the shadows of night and knock on her door because they're looking for um, herbs because maybe someone is sick or maybe they need help with birthing a baby or they might even just need magic to solve a problem and when I think of witchcraft from the past, that is where my mind goes to. Not only am I a gray witch, I'm also solitary. So the idea of a solitary crone practicing quietly by herself resonates with me because It's a personal thing and it's, I'm not coven driven. However, I'm not saying that being in a coven is a bad thing because there's plenty of people who do great with covens. However, I have chosen to be solitary because I like the solitude of practicing alone. But I think that back then, people fear it and they tried to contain the magic and a witch to maybe control both, control the witch and control her magic. But the essence of witchcraft and the witch is formless, she's free-spirited, and something that really cannot be defined because there's so many ways to practice witchcraft and there's so many different witches that practice witchcraft so it's really hard to like I said in the beginning to put us in a box and to contain what that looks like and it's not evil and it's not scary it's something that the general population then was afraid of because it was so um, natural and it was so different than what the norm was and so witches were sought out because they just couldn't understand it which leads me to the other question 
a lot of people ask me, how do you become a witch? Or how do you know that you're a witch? Or how do you know what practice is right for you? And I tell everyone all the time that it's a feeling and it's a calling that you hear deep within your soul, like the pit of who you are. It is so deeply ingrained with you that it's intangible almost and it's like an unnamed whisper in your ear maybe it's a dream or maybe it's a calling or it's this whisper in your mind that grows louder and louder it sort of becomes more and more insistent and you'll eventually see different things as it appears in your regular everyday life now like I said before there are synchronicities and there's experiences that you need to be looking for if you think that the path of the witch is for you like it could be maybe you're at the bookstore and a specific title about witchcraft keeps popping out at you and you see it here and you see it there and you keep seeing it over and over because they're trying to tell you Hey, hi, over here, pay attention. Um, for some, it could be a raven, maybe, that seems to follow you around. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be as black and white as a specific raven. Maybe it's a raven bird that you see you know flying around but maybe there's a raven bumper sticker or maybe there's a image that you're seeing over and over of a raven you just need to be continually being open and aware when you're questioning things or you think you're having a calling and it just keeps getting louder and louder and louder and you can hear it tell you like remember who you are or this is the path that you need to go or don't be afraid don't worry about the misconceptions those are some of the things that I think hold some people back in their practice because they're worried about the misconception of what witchcraft looks like. I think today we're better off because it seems more accepted. However, what does that mean? It's accepted because it looks like something specific that the media has portrayed or that you see in a movie or that you read in a book. And that is another really huge issue for me because we'll talk about this in other, in other podcasts and I've covered this before in my other podcast, A Tale of Two Witches, but sometimes it's just about the aesthetic for people and the fact is, is that witches and practicing um, witches look different. <clears throat> they don't look like what you see on TV. They don't, they're not goth all the time. 
they're not young, they're not super old, they are your neighbors and they're your kids' teachers and they are maybe the nurse that's checking you in or it's the restaurant worker taking your order. They're everywhere and there's no set look or aesthetic that makes you more of a witch than someone else. So the idea of what a witch is is something that we will talk about another time because I think I've rambled enough tonight. But yeah, this is uh, the path of the witch, of the gray witch. And if you guys have any questions or you have any concerns or if you have anything to add, let me know and we will talk about it. And until next time, blessed be.